When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Michael, what's going on? We're back, baby! On a Tuesday! Tuesday! Alright, well, typically we do this Monday nights. Uh, this week we're doing a Tuesday night because we had an interview last night. So we are back. We have a lineup of products. People think that our livers are going to explode. Newsflash, you're probably onto something. Yeah, you're right, 100%. But we're the Buffalo Happy Hour Podcast, so if you're new here, thank you for your support. We appreciate it. If you are not subscribed, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We love all the all of the support. Uh, it's going to be another great week of me mumbling and trying to figure out what words I want to leave my word hole. So I'm excited for that. And uh, if you don't follow us and you are new, then we are on Facebook and Instagram as Buffalo Happy Hour and Buffalo Happy Hour 12. Uh, the 12 is for Instagram because the person that owns Buffalo Happy Hour on Instagram won't reach out back to us on our messages. We might want to just reach out to Instagram ourselves and be like, yo, listen. But I was thinking about that. Our business cards have Buffalo Happy Hour 12 on it. So we might as well just own up to it at this point. It's a thing. Yeah. It's too late. I mean, we're a year and a half in. What is one? What can we make one two mean for us? One two buckle my shoe, bro. And I can't buckle my shoes if I'm drunk off whiskey. I don't. I don't know. I'm All reaching right. for the stars. Yeah. So we're gonna rename it. Um, <laughs> based off of that reasoning, we forgot to turn off the heater, but that's fine. Um, but yeah. So we are going to um, rename it. But anyway, no network not. error. Please check. Nailed it. Can you push that button right who, there? Who do you think I am? Wonder Man, who's got arms? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna nice. You nail that uh, camera. Want to move it to uh, me a little bit? I'm hitting the other space heater that we got. We, ready? Yep. Oh, ready? Oh, 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 ready? oh, 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 Nailed it. Perfect. Well, welcome back. Uh, yeah, so you said everything great. We have today, in today's episode, our weekly recap, like we normally do. We have our Wednesday whiskey review, which is going to be an amazing section today. We are rounding out Devil's River's products and doing a little comparison. It's going to be Super fun. And then after that, we are going to finish the episode by talking about Rob E. Rich Sr., who already has two names, the first and the last name, that look like first names, so I don't trust him already. So hopefully you can change my mind. Um, and yeah, this is going to be a great episode. So Michael, Jesus, what did you do this week? 
uh, not destroy a microphone like you are trying to do. This week I had a mega fan stay at the Kelly B&B, which is my dwelling. Uh, so I call my house the Kelly Bed and Breakfast. Dude, what has happened? Our equipment's literally falling off. No, you're good. Just stop pulling it up. What are you doing? Everything's fine. I'm using Jesus two hands. Christ, we need a studio. So anyways, listen. So anyways, he, uh, he came over, stayed the weekend, had a blast. We watched the Bills lose to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. We installed a tabletop in my basement, and then we had the barrel explode. So that was fun. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, so there's a barrel in my basement that we got from our friends down in Southern Tier Distilling. And it was a smaller barrel that they used. Now, we got the barrels from them because they were just discarding them. Uh, they didn't want them reused for any means. So threw them in our truck after our interview, which was like our fifth ever interview or even second. second. Yeah. yeah, it was nuts. So brought them home, and then we did a little finish work with them. And I have a dehumidifier in my basement because if you don't, you should. So I think that thing sucked all the moisture that was inside that barrel out. And the rings that held the barrel together collapsed. Yeah. And super loud. And when the rings on the barrel fell, then the barrel literally became a blooming onion. <laughs> and there was charred fragments all over the floor. Uh, what it, char was it? Probably, I would definitely say like a char three or four. Yeah. That thing was dark. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we then spent the next like seven hours trying to get it back together. And it's not back together. But the reason why this whole thing existed was because with the tabletop that I got made, I got a 20-inch piece of round to fit the barrel top. So then the barrel became like a, a table. table. Yeah, Didn't work out that way. Uh, wasn't necessarily designed to spec. to spec. So, you know, I wanted a 20-inch round, and then the ID of the barrel was 18, except some of the barrel came in, and it mm. wasn't necessarily exactly 18. It's fine. Everything's fine. I can still repurpose the, the round piece that we made. Yeah. Um, it's whatever. The barrel's probably a loss. There might be a way to do it if you want to come over one weekend and have at it. I mean, we have off on Sunday, so maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So that's, I'm not too concerned. It's no. a puzzle, man. The way that the top is, is it's a puzzle. It all fits together perfectly, and if you start mixing up the staves with what position they were in before, all the angular cuts aren't going to align. So we just have to put it all down, figure out what angular cuts go where, and then put it back together. We should be fine. It might be like a trial and error uh, thing, but we'll we'll figure it out. I'm not too concerned. There's going to be a lot of whiskey involved. You're telling me. Well, thankfully, uh, I think we have enough right? based on our table, so... Tell the people what's going on. So we will get into this a little bit later, but this is the Devil's River Whiskey section, segment, episode, year, basically. Um, if you guys have been following us from the start, you know that we are huge Devil River fans. This is one of our favorite whiskeys, not even just because it's a budget option, but because it's a very, very high-quality product, and they're not greedy about the price. This is, you can charge so much more for this, yet all of these are very cheap. So, so Devil's we, River, please don't make any changes right. at all. Yeah, so really what it what we have here is, again, if you followed us from the start, you know that we've done their small batch, 
which is the red label. We've done their rye whiskey, their barrel strength, and then also their coffee bourbon, which is an actually a bourbon, not a flavored whiskey. So keep that in mind when you're looking at these products too. But really what Devil's River did, and again, we can talk about this a little bit later, but they created a single barrel for the first time. And what's sick about this bar- this bottle is it actually says to bottles for the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast right on it. Yeah. That's I, sick. So I'll smile, but then I'll try to get it into our camera as well. But it's handwritten mm-hmm. uh, with love. So it's out of barrel 54 and... It's hot, bro. Yeah, I got all the details here. Crazy. Crazy. But So we're going to do a comparison a little bit later to figure out how this is different from the other ones. Then we're also going to do a little bit of a uh, comparison and details on it all. So that's really it, man. Um, But this week, I am so addicted to the Joe Rogan podcast. Hashtag not a sponsor. But I listen to so many episodes when I probably shouldn't because they take about three hours to complete. But the one that I'm recently listening to is Travis Walton. Have you ever listened to him? No. Talk to him? No. Know the guy at all? No. He's the guy that was abducted by aliens. Oh, okay. He has a story about being abducted by aliens. Yeah, I watched... So I just click on an episode and then listen to it in the background at work. Um, So I listened to the first, I think, like 40 minutes of that. And then I got busy at work and just moved on. Like, I wasn't at my desk anymore. What are your thoughts on aliens? They're necessary. Next question. Basically. Not really. Like, what, what do you think? Do you think that they exist? Do you think that they don't exist? What, do you, what are your thoughts? They exist. They have to. There's no way they don't exist. Why is that? I mean, by definition, they exist. So, <clears throat> like, extraterrestrial and unidentified aircraft or, like, just the... The words that we chose to describe what they are, and then the evidence that we have proves that they do exist Mm -hmm. because they're something like an extraterrestrial or an alien is something outside of human life by nature, right? So if we see something like that, then it does exist. So yes, I like. there's no way to not say that they don't exist. And also, if the universe is always expanding, which... Someone super smart, way smarter than me, is saying that. And it's always like the Big Bang never really stopped. Yeah. Right? Like it's still pushing out. Then there has to be something. We're not the only ones in the universe. Right. So, yeah. I mean, there's got to be another life form out there. Yeah. So, Travis Walton, if you are interested in that stuff, he just did a podcast with Joe Rogan like two weeks ago when this releases. But he had a crazy story that was made into a movie where he was working and he walked through the woods to go see what was glowing on the other side. And basically, it was a UFO or an alien aircraft that then brought him into it, knocked him out and brought him into the aircraft. He was laying on a table and it was just all these aliens around him. And it, it was an interesting discussion because it didn't just stop there. It was other instances throughout his life, which he's, it was 45 years since that event happened. So he's probably like 60s or 70s right now. But there was other things in his life that go back to aliens are still watching him and like kind of protecting him because he was, he experienced it and that the aliens just want to keep him as like a study. In what way? Like the, he just told the story. So it was. I don't know, maybe like an hour and 45 minutes in or whatever, but he was laying in bed 
And this is something that he was reluctant to share because he doesn't have any evidence that it truly is tied to aliens like his actual abduction into the aircraft was. But he was laying in bed at, at night um, with his wife and then his kid was down the hall in his bed, in his bunk bed. And he slipped underneath the railing of his bunk bed and he was hanging by his neck in his bunk bed. And he didn't make any noise. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't talk or anything. But for some reason, he woke up and started sprinting down the hallway, but he wasn't awake yet. So he was he felt like he was being controlled. And then halfway down the hallway when he got to his son's room, he woke up from his sleep and went to his son's room and saw him hanging there almost dead. So he thinks that these situations throughout his life, he has been contacted by aliens or some sort of life form to tell him to do something. Wild. And then there was also this other example of him as a kid that this is when he was abducted, wasn't actually the first instance he had with an alien. But when he was a kid, he like some, I'm right in the middle of the story right now. So I don't really know the full thing, but some, something grabbed his legs while he was sleeping or grabbed some part of his blanket while he was sleeping and was carrying him out of the house. And then when that happened, he screamed and the guy ran away and he lived in like the mayor of Atlanta. I could be a hundred percent wrong, but the mayor of some, city's house that they left and now he lived in and it was a 27 room house with secret passages all over the place so he couldn't find the dude and all of his brother and sisters were saying like it was a dream like it was a nightmare it didn't happen and he's like looking back on it now now that i know that this existed how do i know that it wasn't that and that they weren't just trying to like keep tabs on me since i was born shocking Yeah, what well, would you do? What would you do if you saw a new like I would burn my house down? What do you mean? <laughs> no, but like if you saw you wouldn't be curious. Okay, so in the point of him being abducted and how he got abducted was he saw the light and he was too stubborn to turn back around to go back to his job because it was on the other side of the trees and he was too stubborn to like look at this light and not go to there. So as he crossed that line to go investigate what it was, the aliens are like well, now he knows. Let's bring him up and see what he knows. That type of stuff. If you saw that light, would you go investigate or would you turn around? Hmm. And I'm at work? Yeah. I, I would Conor McGregor my ass through that light. you just fight your I, way through? No, I would stroll right in. <laughs> so, like, what is this? What's happening? Like, take me away. Do something. Change my life. He was blasted in the chest with the light that brought him up. and That sounds super painful. Yeah, he, but he said that he didn't have any, like, he didn't have any scarring or bruises or anything. The only thing that he had was later in life he did an MRI, like two or three years later. And the MRI, the doctor that brought him in knew what was happening, like knew that he had this experience. But he didn't tell the MRI tech what happened. So the MRI tech is looking at this MRI with fresh eyes and as he's looking at it, he's like, this is, I've never seen anything like this. This is totally not normal. Something happened to him. Like what? What was on the MRI? Just like spots and like spots of his brain that was like not right. And it wouldn't, it's not like there's different diseases that mess with your brain, obviously, and leave prints on your brain. But this MRI wasn't anything typical. It was very strange. And he didn't get into the specifics of what it actually was, but he was just like, this is just not right. Which proves that there's something there. I mean, he also talked about this other theory that NASA or somebody's looking into where each star has like certain number of planets, like 12 planets to it. 
Like this universe can be huge and no one knows anything. In the COVID bill, actually, that just released, I'm pretty sure there's a stipulation that says you have like 90 days to uncover everything about everything that the government knows about aliens. It's like a stipulation. What? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Well, good. Let the people know. So, I mean, we probably all flip out, but whatever. Right. To that point, though, do you think that it's good to let people know? So there was a study that came out. Um, I don't I don't know if study is the right word or... Oh, goodness. Bottoms up. This smells hot, man. Are you ready for this, dude? No. It's going to make you even hairier. That's hot. It's good, though. All right, continue. Ooh, that warms all the way down. All right. (laughs) First of all, I had a bad swallow. Did you? What, did it go down square? Yeah, I I had a cough, then I swallowed, and then it's 128 proof. Bro, that this here's what happened. Devil's River was gentle, getting us to this point with all their products, and then all of a sudden, but not really though, dude. This one, this barrel strength is 117. That that does not compare to this. Oh, we're gonna see how much it compares in a second. Row beans. <laughs> The devil's inside of that fluid. <laughs> devil's River finally introduced us to Satan. So in that as 128 of, proof. As of recording this episode right now, which is, I don't know, what, what's it's the date? It's the 26th? We are the first person to do a review on this on YouTube. Okay. If your proof point for your palate is above 90. Try this. I would even go 100. No, because personally, I feel like if you're comfortable drinking 90, like you could drink 80 to 86, then there's really almost no difference. Like the difference you're getting is not the proof blast experience in this it's the actual tasting notes no no no. i'm saying when you're used oh, to gotcha. yeah, when yeah. you're when yeah. you're used to drinking higher proof like adam mm-hmm. right for example at hydraulic earth he's like i'm i'm broken i get it but to his point you're you're drinking such a high proof bourbon that the ethanol doesn't scare you anymore mm-hmm. and you're able to get away from that and actually dive into what you taste right so if you're more comfortable with anything over 90 and you can like the Blanton series, the 120, 126, and 130.6. Like if you're can if you can sit there and drink this or that normally, then you can drink this and actually appreciate what it is. If you're not there yet, don't even look at this. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want it for your collection, I get it. But this is serious. Yeah. And it's not just a you're weak if you can't handle this. No, it's, it's the fact it's, that it's, it's a palate. It's hot. If, and if you're not used to drinking high proof stuff, you're not going to be able to taste the flavor. Right. And it's just going to be straight heat. This is so good, though. 
I like this. This is anticipated for a long period of time. Mm. A lot of people have wanted this. Now it's here. So, yeah, buddy. Yeah. So, okay, finish up your alien thing, though, because you were saying something about aliens. Yeah, some, uh, a scientist in the UK came out and said that we've made contact with aliens, the US did, in 2017, and the aliens that were, I think they were like on Mars or around Mars, basically came out and said... Don't let the American people know because they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll cause all these other issues, protests, people will freak out. And Rogan said the same exact thing on his episode. He's like, we stormed the Capitol. People in the United States stormed the Capitol. Over votes? Over votes. So they're not ready for this type of extreme magnitude of information. So, yes, I agree. We're not ready for it. But that article came out at the end of last year, mm-hmm. the end of 2020. And... It's all public. I mean, it made, I believe, NBC News, but God, dude, this is hot, bro. <laughs> all right. So you want to dive into it? We can talk a little bit about it. Anything else you want to add for the weekly recap? Uh, I'm excited for the Bills offseason. I'm ready to see what Bean does. And McDermott's basically the greatest thing to ever happen since Marvel EV. That's all I got. Correct. And the only thing that I really care about, well, I cared about a lot of this season, but the number one thing that I'm happy is that Josh Allen proved to a ton of people that he was not a mistake picking him at number seven. Agreed. Which is literally all that I care about. I'm sick of seeing all the Josh Allen haters. He's not in the same class as Darnold, Mayfield, Josh Rosen. Like he even Lamar Jackson, he's a more well rounded quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like he has to be separated from this group. Yeah. And I think that he did it this year. Yeah. Especially beating Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I agree, I agree, so, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. All right, let's get into the whiskey section. So we have Devil's River Single Barrel Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Now, like we said already, this is very hot. It's coming in at 128 proof, which is 64% ABV. It's a hot boy. Normally, I mean, uh, the Devil's River Small Batch is 90 proof. This barrel strength is 117 proof. So this is still, that one is still 11 proof points more than their barrel strength. Yeeks, bro. Right? Crazy. So... We've talked extensively about Devil's River. Obviously, we've had all four of these products in front of us already on the episode. So if you have any interest in learning more about the Devil's River history and what called them, what made them call themselves the Devil's River, go back and check out, I believe it was episode 38 when we first had on Devil's River Small Batch Whiskey, where we dove very deep into their story. So go back and check out that episode. Uh, but today is going to be more focused on the single barrel and the differences between the different types of whiskey we have in front of us so first on the single barrel this bourbon is crafted from a single barrel hand selected by our distiller devil's river single barrel bourbon is a grain to glass texas straight bourbon by sourcing only the best texas grains to create our mash bill every barrel of devil's river single barrel is truly one of a kind our single barrel straight bourbon is distilled and aged in the lone star state of texas for over two years Here, the whiskey extracts more of the complex flavors from the staves because of the sweltering Texas climate naturally accelerates the aging process, which we will also talk about a little bit later. Up to 75% of the flavor in the whiskey comes from our dark number four charred oak barrels where the whiskey is aged in. This gives Devil's River Distillery an advantage to their aging process, said Mike Cameron, who is the 
um, head distiller and uh, I believe co-owner of Devil's <clears throat> Co-founder. Co-founder, yeah. For sure. Uh, due to the Texas, the blazing Texas sun, the whiskey attracts more of the complex flavors from the wood staves of the barrel, allowing it distinctly characteristics to shine through. Same water and chill filtration process for this product as their other ones. So... When you talk about the differences of what we have in front of us, we are going to do a taste test to see what is in each one of these and how they different how, or how they are differ, different from each other. Yeeks. But what we have here, so we have all the products that we've tried already on the show. We have, starting from Mike's side, we have the single barrel, which is in the uh, more rectangle or um, square bottle, I guess. We have the Devil's River Rye, which is the green label, the Devil's River Small Batch, which is the red label. Then coming over to my side, we have the Barrel Strength, which is the brown label, and then we have the Coffee Bourbon, which is the other brown label. But what we're going to do is we're going to focus primarily on our tasting notes and compare them to the Small Batch and also the Barrel Strength, because when you're talking about bourbon and whiskey in general, you have three, primarily three different types of whiskey products that can come out of the same product, if you will. So the small batch, the barrel strength, and the single barrel all have the same mash bill and are all stored the same. So what I mean by that is the small batch, we'll start with, actually, we'll start with the barrel barrel strength. So the barrel strength is bottled at the ABV, the alcohol uh, volume, or the proof that it exits the barrel at without adding water. So this is coming straight from the barrel, which you can have either a higher or a lower ABV based off of water, evaporation, and all that stuff, which we'll get to. But uh, this is bottled how it exits the barrel without adding any water. Normally, outside of barrel strength, whiskey is watered down with filtered water to get to a desired proof point for people to enjoy. <coughs> Most whiskey goes into the barrel around 125 proof. So getting a whiskey to get down to 85 to 90 proof requires quite a bit of filtered water to be added. For example, if you have a 2-ounce glass of 100 proof whiskey, and you add in 0.5 ounces of filtered water, you now have 2.5 ounces of 80-proof whiskey. So taking two ounces and you're just adding a half an ounce of that whisk or water, you're getting now down 20-proof points, which goes back to what you and I like to talk about and why we always have this neat is because once you start adding water, which includes ice, you're diluting the proof point, diluting the flavors, and you're not getting the true whiskey that is coming out or what the distiller intended when bottling. Which is why a lot of... Yes, for us, yes. Mm. And then there's a lot of people that also say to cut the ethanol, just do one to two drops. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is based on eye level. So with this much whiskey in a standard Glencairn, I would do one drop. I wouldn't even do two. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's an obnoxious pour, then I would increase it to two. But I'm so against water and whiskey, it's ridiculous. And I think a lot of it is just because there's so much work already done to produce the product. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's already filtered with water. Just leave it and drink it alone. But a lot of people want to cut that ethanol and everything else. That's a story for another day. Right. Onward. So in order to legally call it bourbon, it has to enter the barrel at no more than 125 proof and be bottled no less than 80 proof. So the Devil's River Barrel Strength, which was going to, we're going to pour into our other glass right now, um, in the mash bill for the other two products, too, are 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% barley. And again, the ABV on this one is um, 117 proof and 58.5 ABV. And we covered all this information in episode 64. So if you want to learn more about this particular product, which again is the barrel strength, go back to episode 64 and check that out. So right now in front of us, we have both 
the product, the barrel proof, and also the single barrel. We'll talk about what the single barrel means in a second. But initially... Way two different the, colors. Yeah, the single barrel is very, very like a dark copper. And this is this looks like a yellow gold. Yeah. Even though this is so hot, this is this looks weak compared to the, the single barrel. Ooh. Those are completely different. This is way smoother, per se. Wow. I'm picking up more of like a, a candy corn or like a corn in this one. It's it's lighter to me. To me, this goes down smoother, but it has more of a sweeter note to it, where this is more of the punchy rye pepper note to it. <clears throat> I agree with you. I think... The barrel strength is more sugary, and then you're getting more of the baking spice in the single barrel. Yep. So also to note, too, on the barrel strength, which we'll get into also, these are very similar products. It's just the way that we're packaging it. Please know that. So the barrel strength. Well, not us, them. Right, sure. So the barrel strength, there's no set number of barrels that they can blend to make this. So when we look at the small batch, which I'll talk about right now, the small batch, there is currently no legal definition of what qualifies a blend as a small batch, but industry standard is around 150 barrels or less. So when you look at small batches and barrel proof and things that aren't single barrel, outside of obviously non-small batch, which can do however many barrels that they want, but in order to call it small batch, it, industry standard is less than 150 barrels. So that being said, when you're looking at a small batch bourbon, the way that a distillery is able to get that flavor repeatable and consistent across all of the bottles that they have in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, all these places is they blend barrels together to get a very consistent taste. That way you're not limited to just one barrel, which is the difference between the single barrel, because obviously as the name says, it's one singular barrel that they're taking this out of. That's why you're getting some of the differences. It's the same product. It's just the different barrels. And, and fun fact, they're in 29 states. If I'm Oh, okay. If I'm correct on that, which I'm 99%. So the Devil's River Small Batch, again, is 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% barley. This is um, obviously the same mash bill as the other two. This comes in at 90 proof and 45% ABV. And this we covered in episode 38. So if you're interested in hearing more about this, go check out episode 38. Uh, we can then pour that into this one and compare those two also. Take your time, Broham. We're literally 90 proof and above. So this is this is pushing your tolerance envelope. This is so real quick again. I know we just did this not too long ago. But this has a very heavy caramel candy corn taste to it. And that could be persuaded because of how hot and peppery this one is that it doesn't taste as peppery. I'd be interested for us to go back and check out that interview or that episode to see how our tasting notes compare based off of us having this very very hot proof whiskey first. Which means I'm sure our four fans are going to call us out and just laugh, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So while Mike pours that, <clears throat> I will talk about the single barrel. So just as the name implies, taking the whiskey from just one barrel, there is no blending, no mixing. 
It's literally coming straight from one barrel. So as Mike read before, this is barrel 54 that they took this out of. Um, Devil's River single barrel, which is sweet about this, is that it was bottled specifically for the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. I love that, and I we're saving that bottle forever. Correct. Um, I mean, honestly, we're, we save a lot of bottles, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Well, I probably, like... I probably won't even drink this that much, honestly. The single barrel? Yeah. It's only one word to go. Yeah, like, let's save it for yeah. BHH event, bro. So now we're going to the week 90 proof. And Just kidding. special celebration moments. Keep that one by you. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so the small badge. Again, it's... Typically around 150 barrels that they choose to blend together to get a ton of product that is very consistent. It's like water. Yeah. Wow. And the nose is so different. Mm -hmm. They're both oily. All three have been very oily, which I love Mm -hmm. because with my bourbon... For me specifically, in my palate, in my tasting notes, I love an oily bourbon, which is why Buffalo Trace is always up there for me. Mm. Um, Four Roses is decently up, depending on the Four Roses that we choose. And it's also why I love Devil's River, because their oil consistency is on point. Mm -hmm. But this is... We did this in the reverse order. We really should have started with the 90 and worked our way up. But again, to Devil's River credit... You can still pick up, like, the nose is prominent on the small batch. Mm-hmm. Prominent. And as soon as you pop it, it's a fresh bottle. And then you try to get what you're going to experience in the initial taste. The nose is so forefront that compared to the other two, it's it's just fascinating. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we've murdered our palates by going from 128 to 117 to 90. But you can still pick up differences in the nose and this is so unbelievably smooth, and it's probably because we just had 128, which I get. Disclaimer. But, but, but also, it's great. we've had this before. Yes. And this is, the small batch is one of my favorite products in the entire world. It's it's something that we have in our collection basically at all times of the year because it fits so many different occasions. Like, I, I traveled up to Maine. I brought a bottle of small batch. Mm-hmm. Um, if It doesn't matter. We have all four seasons where we are in Buffalo, so... Doesn't matter the time of the year, we're drinking this. It's a perfect everyday sipper. Yeah. The the blend that they have for their mash bill, to me, is perfect. They have, again, it's that same mash bill that is 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% barley. But the amount of corn is high enough to where you get the sweetness, but the rye dials that back down to where it's a it's a one-two punch with a sweet, peppery combo. So it's not leaving you like, oh my god, this was so sweet, like like Steelbound was. Steelbound was a very very sweet, high corn sour mash bill. Granted, that's sour, but at the same time, this dot this incorporates both the corn and the rye in such a perfect way, with the perfect amounts where it's a great everyday sipper that has all the flavor notes that you would want. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> cocktail section for this. Yeah, hold on. I just got a little bit more on this the single barrel so typically the best barrel that they have um is what they want to sell for the single barrel so typically when the head distiller goes through the warehouse they will take samples from each barrel and that's what they will use to then consider for the blending process when it comes to a single barrel they've basically feel felt that 
this is so good that they want to have this on their own. So when you get a single barrel product of a distillery that you like, just know that that was hand-selected by the head distiller to say, this is what we want to put our flagship product out as because this is the best that we have to offer. Something to note. And so, I agree with them. This is the best their product has to offer. Yeah. So again, this specific product is barrel 54, and we have the 199th bottle out of the barrel. And there's only 199 bottles in this barrel, so we got the last one. I feel honored. Super honored. Yeah. Um, but so I just did a little bit of math because nerd, and uh, typically a barrel holds about 50 gallons. So it's a 53-gallon barrel, but you don't fill it up to the brim. Um, so it, it holds about 50 gallons, which if you translate that to milliliters, I could be 1,000% wrong. This is just a logical mind thinking of this. But if you translate 50 gallons to milliliters, you get 191,000 milliliters roughly, which equivalates, equivalates, Jesus, I'm hammered already, which is equal to about 254 bottles. It if equates to. Yeah. What did I say? Equivalates. Well, yeah, but before that. Equal to. Equal to. But yeah, it's... Yeah, it, equates it, to. <clears throat> yes. 254 bottles, if you're assuming that all bottles of seven are 750 milliliters, which most are. So the Devil's River small batch, or single barrel, 199 bottles equals 149,250 milliliters. So that being said, if you take the math of what normally is put into a barrel, and you take out what Devil's River put into each of these bottles, since we have the numbered marked on there, it equates to... 41,750 milliliters that are lost, which is the angel share, which is about 21% lost to angel share. 21% in two years. Insane. That's crazy because if you think about it, typically scotch on average loses about 2% per year. And bourbon in Kentucky on average loses about 4 to 5% per year. So if you think about this, the devil's river, and again, this, this is all speculation based off of specifics, not actual information from devil's river so they, they might have only filled this to 48 gallons i have no idea but this is just speculation but this also goes to tell you how much climate and humidity impact aging maturation and angel share oh yeah because they're losing a ton of product to angel share because texas is always hot yeah for example uh which obviously the state of texas is massive but in uh, August, late August, it was a hundred and it was 113 out in El Paso when I was there. So basically don't go outside unless you have to like walk to chow. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So that's crazy. The amount of angel share that happened in this particular um, barrel. And I know they're now in San Antonio. I'm tracking. Yeah. Relax. But so the point. Most of you probably are thinking, like I was, if you can only enter the barrel. At 125% proof, according to bourbon laws, how is this 128? It's because the water has to then evaporate more than the whiskey to give you a more condensed proof point. So bourbon laws say that you have to enter the barrel at, at most 125 proof. But once it goes through the maturation process and then you get some of that angel share evaporating, specifically, obviously, it would have to be a water more than the actual bourbon itself. But if you have a lot of water evaporating, that proof can skyrocket, which is why you're able to get 128 proof bourbon or 130 proof Buffalo Trace and still call it bourbon because it entered the barrel at 125. Blanton's, but I'm, I don't know if Buffalo Trace has a, a 130. They may. I yeah. At this exact second, I don't know. Well, isn't, doesn't Buffalo Trace make Blanton's? Sure. 
I don't know. I don't know offhand. I could be wrong. But yeah, so that's really it. Um, you want to get into the, the rating section here since we don't have a cocktail? I do. All right, then. Um, so label branding. What do you got for this? What do you think? Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> so Blanton's is distilled at the same distillery in Kentucky, Frankfort, Kentucky. Um, it is produced and marketed by the Sazerac Company. Though it doesn't own the brand, it has exclusive distilling rights. Yeah, so Buffalo Trace basically owns. So, in fact, I'm your boss. Yeah, basically. That's <laughs> <laughs> all reference. Um, so, for the cocktail section, I have one cocktail. Um, I just chose a standard single barrel cocktail uh, just so that we had something for the segment just to keep it rolling. Mm. However, I do agree with you. I do agree with you as a neat cocktail is preferred because this is the best product that Devil's River is able to produce with their small batch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if this is this is their all-time greatest, don't ruin it with bitters. Mm-hmm. Drink it, drink it neat, and then if you want to cut it with some water, an eye drop of hemlock leaf lock water, send it. <laughs> but I just chose a, uh, just a, a generic single-barrel cocktail called... Amor de Fresa. Don't ask me to say that again. Um, I'll probably screw it up. It's two ounces of single barrel, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, three dashes of Angostura bitters, and then one strawberry that's sliced as a garnish. So in a mixing glass, you would add the strawberry and simple syrup. You would muddle it, then add the bourbon and the bitters. Then you would add the ice and stir, strain it into a rocks glass on ice, and garnish with a uh, Lux Ardo cherry and a fresh strawberry. So you stir it, not shake it. Correct. If you want, no, I'm just kidding. I know it's coming out soon. Yeah, they can go back and watch the interview. Yeah. So, well, no, they can't go back because it didn't air yet because our backlog for interviews is ridiculous. Correct. But that's fine. So, in an upcoming interview, you'll understand why Derek just mentioned stir versus shaken. So that's the generic uh, single barrel cocktail for this section. So we had something, but moving on onward. Hashtag not a sponsor, Theo Vaughn. We can do. Um, the rest of the rating scheme because there's a lot to dive in here mm-hmm. and there's we gotta talk about it. You're gonna have to send that cocktail to me because I have no idea what you said, just said to call it and I need to put it in the edited version so you're gonna have to send that to me. Perfect. Alright so whiskey section label branding what do you got? Uh, the highest rating literally we've ever had <laughs> and it's specifically written to us mm-hmm. so obviously it skyrockets to the top. I would put this in the same vein as 13 Monkeys so the th- the rating that 13 Monkeys A plus had. plus check mark plus plus check mark. Yeah, give to this. The only thing, and this is me being nitpicky. So Devil's River did did send this product to us. Obviously, it's addressed to us. So we can't say that we bought this thank at the you. store. Thank you, thank so you, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to give this an honest rating. So one thing that I would have liked to see on their product, on this one specifically, is the Devil's River pitcher. To me, that Devil's River pitcher is on all their products. Except for their coffee ribbon, obviously, because it's a different type of product. But the Devil's River picture encapsulates everything that they are as a distillery. So to me, I think that even if it was like an opaque version of it where it's recessed into the background and then this classy label is on top, I understand that it's, it's probably going to be a higher priced product and it needs to be more classy. But the Devil's River, that picture is a part of their logo at this point. So that's why I say that you should add it in. But 
I'm sure there's a reason for it. So I'm sure Mike Cameron had a fantastic reason for why it's not on there. Mm-hmm. And it may be because this is separate from every other bottle that's in their product lineup. True. So. But also. Wait. I wasn't finished, Derek. <laughs> so two things. One, I can see my breath, which means it's below 30 degrees. However, due to 128 proof, I feel like I'm sitting in Boca Rayon, Florida. <laughs> so I'm totally fine. But. Having this stand out, it's a different bottle shape, it's a different label, and I'm okay with that. This is the premier product that they could produce with the mash bill. So having it be totally separate from the others, I'm actually okay with for the same um, milliliters in the mm. in the bottle. So I'm me personally, I'm still gonna rate it high. If you want to compromise, we can go outside and roll in the snow and freezing rain, <laughs> and that's on you. But I'm okay with it. This is supposed to be the most premier product that they can produce in that mash bill. And for that, giving it its own handwritten bottle, different label, different bottle altogether, it's still got the nice cork. I'm down. A plus, check mark, check mark, plus plus, check mark, whatever it is. That's what we're doing. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Nose. Jesus. Now I got to write down A plus, check mark. I got plus, I'm on it. I'm on it. Plus, I'm plus, on check it. mark, plus. All right. So, nose, what do you got? I got a frozen pen is what I got. All right. <laughs> Nose. So everybody listening, we know that whiskey shouldn't be chilled. We keep this in my house literally as long as we possibly can before we <laughs> drink it because it is, what, 20 degrees out right now, and we can see our breath. So we're trying, people. We're, we're, listen, if you want things to change and you feel bad for us, subscribe on YouTube. Help <laughs> us out. We're trying to get a studio, but we still work full-time outside of this. It is what it is. It's our journey, and we're crushing it. Nose, I'm definitely getting, um, I'm getting the baking spice. I'm getting like the the charred oak mm-hmm. up front in the nose. You get a little bit of honey. You can actually smell a faint bit of leather. Mm-hmm. And if you're new and you're watching us go from nostril to nostril, it's because one nostril is going to pick up ethanol. The other nostril is going to pick up different uh, flavors that you would get in your palate. So we, we rotate and change. And then if you want to negate what you smelled, you would smell the skin on your arm like that. Obviously, I'm wearing your a coat yeah. because it's 20 degrees in here. But you would do what Derek is doing, smelling your forearm, negates everything that you've already scented. And then you would go again and then roll it across your mustache you would give the glen karen glass a mustache ride i can jesus all right um i can almost pick up like a dark chocolate too very faint but you could pick up a little bit of that that no you can you you can so similar to i forgot what product it was but when i mentioned um we both picked up faint tobacco Mm -hmm. and it was the smell of leaving a cigar shop it was saint lawrence and you it was like leaving a cigar shop and then you get that that everlasting lingering feeling in your nose Mm -hmm. or sense in your nose same thing here except it's like you just left godiva in disney springs (laughs) and you're still smelling the chocolate of the afternoon of it i agree i agree i agree i agree it's the same thing dude this is fascinating because it doesn't just warm you to your toes it it lingers inside inside your sinus cavity and allows you to fully experience what they want you to, and then you meet the devil when you drink it. Correct. Yeah, I love this. I, I'm pretty sure the thing on the back of it, which I don't know if it has it on all of them, but it says, unleash your inner sin or something like that. 
Or no. sin responsibly? Sin responsibly? That's what it says on all of them. Uh, it says, we hope you enjoy this unique expression. And then it has Mike's signature, which that's... Okay. I don't, I don't want to be weird, but his penmanship is literally, like, stunning. <laughs> is it on the other bottles? It's like he practiced his yeah. signature. Shout out to you, Mike. Like, that's a nice signature. It is. All right, age, so. age in Texas, a minimum of two years. Uh, this is what the, ba- the back says. Crafted from a single barrel, hand-selected by our distiller, Devil's River, single barrel bourbon is a grain-to-glass Texas straight bourbon. We source only the best grains, like you mentioned earlier. Okay, so it's, it's literally what you said earlier. Yeah, I got all the information from their website. So, all right, so nose. What are you getting for the nose? So, a, a plus? Plus? I think. A plus plus. And we're getting leather, honey, and chocolate. A little chocolate, yeah. And then initial taste. You're kind of getting like a sweet sugar, too, on the nose. Like a like a wood sugar? Yeah, probably. It's a char four, man. I know. So, yeah, you're getting a little bit of that wood sugar. The initial taste, I'm getting, if you picture, when you're out barbecuing with your friends. Okay, ready? You're out barbecuing with your friends, and you put... A actual ear of corn on a cob on the grill. You burn it. That's the taste that you're getting. Not a bad taste, but it tastes like a burnt corn, which to me I'm all about. Me too. Because it's not sweet like a sweet corn. It has that corn taste to it, but with that char oak and it's oil, so good and oil. So you get the the burnt corn, oil, wood sugars, and then pepper. Mm-hmm. That kind of coat your mouth, and then you physically enjoy feeling it drop through your gullet, and then it, the nose lingers and travels through your sinus cavity, and you literally feel like you're breathing fire. Mm-hmm. This is so unique, but there's levels to it, and you have to. Again, there's a lot of listeners that we have that aren't ready for this by any means. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're still okay with like. And it's not a bad thing. It's just where, you know, it's your palate. So your palate is your palate. But there's people that love, uh, like my wife, for example, she loves no more than 86 proof. Mm -hmm. So she's around 80 to 84, and she loves cask and crew, flavored whiskey, and that's her thing. That, that, you know, she loves an old-fashioned, like that's where she's at. You and I are at a totally different ball game where we're We're like, all right, right, like let's let's crush some hunter proof. Let's test it out. Like if, if you and I had Knob Creek right now, it would... We would sit here and talk for hours. Mm-hmm. So, initial taste, um, everything we just mentioned. Yeah, so burnt corn, a little caramel, um, definitely some vanilla in there, too. Yeah, that that's that's the sweetness. Yeah. It's 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 the it's vanilla. Like vanilla. It's not caramel. the wood sugar. It's, it's a vanilla. vanilla corn, yeah. Yeah. And then as, okay, so initial taste, I'm going to give it an A check mark. And then as it goes down, mm-hmm. it transitions from this wood sugar like this sweet corn wood sugar to a high pepper content that it's, it's so interesting. So we, we talked about this with a different uh, whiskey too, where it stops and then you get all of the like liquid going down and then that finishes with the burn. But to me, the ending of the initial taste and the start of the ending note is this wood sugar pepper. And then it stops like right past your um, taste buds. And then you get all the heat, oil going down, and then it warms you up like a warm, like it really warms you up. Similar to the captain's flask of St. Lawrence exactly. where it stops. Mm-hmm. This is obviously hotter, but it's, oh, dude, this is incredible. Yeah. It's just so well-rounded. I'm going to go A plus check mark on the internet. 
Because mm-hmm. it literally does make you want to have more. I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree. All right, final rating, then we got to get into this uh, history or prominent people Buffalo segment because we're at 51 minutes. So. People are fine. All right, They're so fine. ready? Three, two, one. 95. 92. Nailed it. What 90 is it? 93.5. 90, Nailed it. Look at you, dude. This high proof is making you a better math guy. You like that? Yeah. 93.5 Devil's River. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the single barrel. It is incredible. Uh, again, they're in 29 states. If you're able to find this and you're able to get it, please do. This is a hot commodity. They've crushed. Uh, from what I understand, they are, they've already won awards. For this one, I don't think so. No, was So, oh, I'm sorry. The article is referencing. Correct. There are other oh, products. Yes. Yeah. So, please buy this. If you can, if it's available in your area, please buy it. Please experience it. Please respect it. Uh, drink it responsibly, please. But this is so good mm-hmm. that this is worth hunting for. And if you can't get that, and if you go to a liquor store and they don't have this product, pick up one of their other ones. I promise literally, you. Literally any of them. It is the BHH promise. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the prominent people of Buffalo section. All right, episode seven of the Prominent People Buffalo section. If you're new here, we've done this whole segment mini series with six other episodes about people who have impacted the Buffalo area. So if you want to learn about Grover Cleveland, Frederick Law Olmsted, the Knox family, Williams, Fargo, and Henry Wells, John Larkin, John R. O'Shy, and then now we're talking about Rob E. Rich Sr. So if you want to hear about any of them, go back and check them out. But Michael, take it away. So again, for those that that are new. We have a TV on the wall, so it's what I'm referencing and looking at and reading off of. <clears throat> All right, so Rich Products, downtown Buffalo. That's who this is. Never heard of them. Wow. Well, anyways, so Rich Products, I feel, is a underrated and underappreciated company that has done a lot in regards to freezer foods. Mm-hmm. And then they also introduced a daycare that all basically every single one of their employees use. So uh, there's not a lot of info here, so I don't want to discredit what Rich Products is specifically for the city of Buffalo, but there's a good amount of content. So Rich attended Bennett High School in Buffalo, where his father, Paul Rich, owned an ice cream plant. He received an undergrad education from the university, uh, I'm sorry, university at Buffalo. He was a captain of both football and wrestling, which that says something because it's a D1 program for both. Mm -hmm. He was also a member of Alpha Kappa Psi and Bison Head, which was an all-male secret society on campus. I had no idea UB had a secret society. That's weird. I might go there for my master's. Uh, (laughs) He was later inducted into the University of Buffalo and the State University of New York Athletic Hall of Fame. No big deal. It's a Hall of Famer. So he borrowed money from his dad, who started the Wilbur Dairy Company, later renamed the Jones Rich Milk Company in 1935. The success of his cream substitute brought a series of lawsuits from the dairy industry, not because it was bad, but it was in an effort to stop distribution of his product because he was crushing it so good. It's kind of like Facebook and Instagram did to Parler, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. So Rich prevailed in every case. At his death, he was one of the wealthiest people in the world, reportedly worth $2 billion, billion and billion <laughs> dollars. And his company was the largest family-owned food products company in an 
uh, in America. So Rich owned three minor league baseball Jesus. teams, most notably the Buffalo Bisons, which is a AAA international league affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. The other two teams are the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, AA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. Bo Jackson played for them. And the West Virginia Black Bears, uh, formerly the Jamestown Jammers, which is a single-A short affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So his oldest son continued this and added some sponsorships. On November 4th, 2010, which is recent, Bob Rich announced that Rich Products shall be the official kit sponsor of the English Northern League Division One team, Bedlington Terriers FC. In 2013, Rich's farm, Rich Brand, became sponsor for front row motorsports David Reagan and the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. In its first race to sponsor, Reagan won the 2013 Aaron's 499 at Talladega Super Speedway. Talladega Nights, basically. Uh, Farm Rich again served as Reagan's sponsor at Richmond's International Raceway in the 2013 Federed Auto Parts 400. Due to the pressure from the dairy industry, Rich Products was sued in 36 states. The founder's older son, Robert E. Rich Jr., said and won 40 out of 41 cases. The company's coffee-rich product marketed with a series of national ads featuring George Burns did well. Its sales soared, particularly among Jews who kept kosher and were forbidden to put cream in their coffee while eating meat. The Elder Rich was considered one of the founding fathers of the frozen food industry. He's a local business newspaper, summarized his business success. I'm sorry, that's how the local news summarized mm-hmm. his success. So for an overview, scroll down a little bit. Uh, this is basically the overview of the entire company. So in 19... Here, scroll up. In 1945, Rich Products was born by Robert E. Rich Sr., and he created the world's first non-dairy whipping topping. So he created non-dairy whip topping, and the company took off. They, they essentially boomed. And over the next 75 years, they paved the way and then pioneered many of the food industry's most game-changing products, set, uh, setting and resetting a new benchmark of success. So this is what's interesting. So there's going to be a lot of dates and then fun facts involved, but it summarizes rich products, and this is all off their website. So in 1954, they came out with a frozen chocolate eclair. That hit the market, and it was the first frozen, ready-to-eat bakery product on the market. Wow. So they then made Coffee Rich, which was the first non-dairy creamer, and that hit the market in 1959. No joke, though. Those frozen chocolate eclairs were bomb. No doubt. Have you ever had them? Yeah. Those and those little cream puffs? Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. So dating back to 1940, they were making $344,000 a year in revenue. In 1950s... They jumped to three point two million. Jesus. In 1963, they entered the Canadian market, and that's uh, the year after is when Rich Jr. in '64 joined the company to lead the Canadian market. So they grew at such a rate that they literally were like, "You're the next family member. You're in charge of this new market." Yeah, it's fascinating. All of Canada. Good luck. <clears throat> Yeah, so in 1969, they entered the bakery market by buying Elm Tree Frozen Foods, and then they boomed because of that. So they went from $3.2 million to $33 million a year from 1950 to 1969. In 1976, they grew the frozen sea. They grew into frozen seafood, and they added nine production facilities. In 1978, they introduced better cream icing, and then Rich Jr. was promoted to president in the same year. 
1979, they grew to 252 million revenue in year or Jesus. per year. <clears throat> they, I mean, it was just their growth was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, in 1983, they bought the Bisons. In 1988, they went global. So they then jumped into the markets in Australia, Europe, and Japan. And uh, so in 1980s, they deemed Buffalo their company headquarters. In 89, they were worth $700 million a year. In 1990, they jumped into India, South Africa, and the Mexico market. In 98, they entered the China market. In the 90s, they went from $700 million to $1.3 billion in revenue per year. Jesus Christ. Rich Senior passes away in 2006, which is recent. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. And then in 2009, they entered the Vietnam market. They rounded out the 2000s with $2.7 billion in revenue per year. In 2014, they opened the Atrium and Innovation Center in Buffalo, which is now a wedding venue. And the food is phenomenal. Uh, I went to a wedding there, and it was great. So they have, like, the giant fireplace, all their history all around the room, massive floor plan. Nice. Fits, like, 300 people. It's great. In 2018, Richard Ferranti was named the president. He's the fourth president in company history. He's wow. also outside the family. Uh, in 2018, they entered the Indonesia market. And in 2010, they were worth $4 billion in revenue per year. So what happened to Rich Jr.? <clears throat> yes. So in 1978, he was promoted to president. Rich Jr. was promoted to president. And then something must have happened because Richard Ferranti was named president in 2018. So I wonder if Rich Jr. passed or if he's still alive and just decided he wanted out and retired. I don't know. That's super interesting. Maybe yeah. Rich Jr. didn't have any kids. Rich Jr. Jr. You could have ran the co- I could have ran the company. The juniorist. That's fascinating, though. Yeah. So that's so, crazy how much they grew. Scroll down. Uh, there should be a couple more notes. No. Nope. Okay. So yeah. So then, uh, in tw- after 2010, they introduced the daycare, okay. and basically, like I have, I have friends that work at Rich Products and. Some of them utilize the daycare program that they they have there, but they offer daycare services for their employees. But I believe that they started it outside of employees too, but I have to check on that. So our next episode is about William Wild Bill Joe Donovan, Mm -hmm. and I'm so fired up for that because it's going to blow your mind. You have no idea who that is. That's fine. But his legacy on the world is so profound, and he's from Buffalo. It's military related, right? No. No? In in a way it is, but it's not. You'll see. Okay. I got you. Jesus. This thing hasn't been holding up all day. Um, well, that's super interesting. Um, I mean, he did – Rich uh, – Robbie Rich Sr. did a lot for Buffalo, so it's super interesting to hear. Um, but, yeah, that really rounds out our episode. We're at over an hour, and we appreciate everybody staying along for the ride. We are, again, the Buffalo Happy Hour Podcast. So, again, if you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button down below. It helps us grow as a podcast and to help us to continue to promote small businesses. So, please hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button if you found any information in this video valuable. And then also leave a comment down below. Let us know what you would like to see for us next. Let us know if there's something in this video that we didn't cover that you would like us to talk about. We talked about today about the single barrel difference from single barrel to small batch to um, barrel strength. and 
coming up, we're going to talk about the differences between all the different whiskey types. So if you're excited about that, leave a comment down below. Let us know what you think. And we are on Facebook, Instagram at the Buffalo Happy Hour. And that's really it. So go back and check out the last week's interview. Uh, it was a great time. We love promoting small businesses. That's one of our favorite things to do. And we have a ton of uh, interviews backlogged for you guys. Um, and we're just excited to keep going. That's it, dude. Let's round it out. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Again, uh, remember to subscribe. Please drink responsibly, especially if you're drinking some of this uh, single barrel product. And drink responsibly. Be a good person. And Michael, do not litter. We're out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.